respectable businesses that kept employees on payroll in 2020 and 2021. So if you qualify, Innovation Refunds Network of Independent Tax Attorneys could help you claim it. Step three, call to action. Go to innovationrefunds.com to get started. Step four, the jingle I wrote myself. Innovation re Actually, scratch that. Just go to innovationrefunds.com or call 1-843-REFUNDS and go to step five. Legal stuff. Innovation Refunds does not provide tax or legal advice. We work with an independent network of tax professionals. Terms and conditions apply. Ty is a paid spokesman. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears football. We are Sports Radio 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you in part by your local Hyundai dealers. WSCR Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! This hour brought to you by Busey Bank. Grand Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. With money and haw. Bigs time. The Bigs Report with Brad Biggs. Bigs time. Bigs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. It's Molly and Haas, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Marshall Harris in for Molly today. It is Biggs time right now, and the football man from the Chicago Tribune joins us like all of our guests on the Score Hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Morning, Brad. How are you doing? Morning, boys. What's going on? So you tell us. Luke Getze speaks on Thursday. I think that he has faced a lot of criticism this week in terms of the conservative game plan. Why didn't they throw the ball down the field? Why are this passing game so horizontal? What did you hear from Luke Getze that should make Bears fans feel better about Sunday's game plan? Well, I think when you talk about what he said that might make you feel a little bit better, you know, he saw positives in fields. He he thought that uh, Justin did a really good job of handling the pressure of uh, managing uh, some of that stuff that he didn't look, um, you know, as frenetic. And that's not a word that Luke used, but that's basically what he was describing, um, you know, in my, in my interpretation. Um, yeah. I would, I would resist the idea that it, might have been a conservative game plan. Like, it was conservative where the quarterback went with the ball. I don't think that was necessarily uh, game plan driven. It certainly wasn't entirely game plan driven. We've got to see, you know, what happens this time around. There's just, you, you look at, you go back and watch that game. There were 50-50 balls that could have been attempted that weren't. Uh, there were guys on the second or third level when the ball was going elsewhere with opportunities. And when I say opportunities, I'm talking time to throw. Everybody gets it. Uh, you, you know, if he's pressured, um, that's going to change the play. But uh, we'll see what they come out here with against the Bucks. It, it's an interesting matchup because uh, the, the Bucks use a lot of different stuff to create pressure. Okay, they did that last week against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. They got they only got two sacks on Kirk Cousins, which I'm sure uh, the goal would have been more than that in Tampa, but they did get nine quarterback hits, and they come from all levels. Uh, the safety, Antoine Winfield, he had two hits on Cousins by himself and, and one sack in that game. You go back two years ago, uh, the Bears traveled to Tampa in week seven to face the Bucks. That was a, a very ugly loss, but uh, the thing I wanted to mention is that uh, the Bucks blitzed 
nearly 33% of the time on Justin Fields' dropbacks in that game. So that gives you a sense for how Todd Bowles approached it the last, <clears throat> excuse me, the last time these teams uh, got together. We talked about uh, instincts a lot because uh, Justin Fields, as you said, it, and I, I agree with you and, and listening to Lou Getze kind of backed it up that maybe the game plan itself wasn't uh, conservative, but his decision-making was. Now, granted, you just talked about a third of the time they blitzed the last time Justin Fields saw him. He's obviously a little older, wiser, more experienced. Do you feel like the instincts, because of what happened in week one, will kick in a little bit harder and Fields will be more reticent to to make plays that maybe he wasn't trying to do, not that he wasn't trying to do, he wasn't able to do in week one? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think there's a chance we see uh, him attempt some tighter windows, perhaps, and and maybe, like you said, you've got uh, you know uh, something short range here, or you got a fifty fifty shot. Maybe maybe we see him with the fifty fifty shot. Now, one of the things that's going to be a factor there is game situation, right? Where where are they on the field? What's the score? Uh, how much time's left? You know, there's a there's a ton of variables that I think would weigh on a quarterback in, in making a decision um, in the in the moment on a fifty fifty ball. Here's what I think, and, and I understand the focus on fields, and it's and it's um, necessary, right? I mean, that that's the guy that's under the microscope this season. But if um, they came into this year believing that they have the ability <clears throat> to be a physical run team, to kind of dominate up front, to build off of what they did as a running offense a year ago. I think they've got to try to get to that and get to that quickly against the Buccaneers. You go out and you sign a Nate Davis in free agency and, uh, you know, I understand he probably wasn't great in pass protection in week one. That's not what they why they went out and signed him. You know, he was he was playing in a Titans offense that, that structurally from the run game standpoint is, is doing the same thing the Bears like to do, running the football. You've got him paired up to your first round next to your first round draft pick in Darnell Wright, who's a big guy that's proven he can move people out of there. You've got three running backs you feel pretty good about who got nearly even playing time in week one. Let's see if they can establish that physical presence against the Bucks, and by doing so, then set up maybe some play-action shots for Justin Fields, but see if you can control the ball game, take that Buccaneer crowd in the um, home opener out of it with your run game, and... Um, you know, impose your will. It's a smart plan, Brad. It's an ambitious one, though, especially with Vita Vea in the middle of that Buccaneer defense, especially with Levante David and Devin White, I think guys who can be difficult to block. I don't disagree, though. That is one method that helps the offense click and get Justin Fields unlocked. I wonder if they go that route and they do try to establish the run or or emphasize that more than the other aspects of this offense – do you envision, would it be a good idea for Justin Fields to get more involved with designed runs that weren't part of the plan against the Packers? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know, we saw him, we saw him with nine total runs against Green Bay, and, and I think, you know, you had a, you had a draw in there, right? Um, 
I think you had a quarterback draw. You had a sneak. There was, um, you know, very few RPOs. One of them was that Lucas Van Ness sack uh, on the perimeter there down by the south end zone. So, yeah, they've got to they've got to consider that as well. You know, and we're not talking about running fields all over the place, but yeah, you sprinkle in four or five designed quarterback runs. And um, I, I think you've, I think you've got to lean on what you feel like your, your strength is right. And uh, that was their strength last year. And they've, they've made moves to get better at that. Again, uh, new right side of the offensive line, a um, David Montgomery, uh, is a nice running back. He's a good running back. I think they've got more depth in their running back room now. And guys, they're going to need it on Sunday. Uh, projected to be about <clears throat> 91 degrees at kickoff in Tampa, with a uh, you know real feel of close to 100 degrees. So uh, it's going to be hot and it's going to be sticky, and uh, they're going to need to be prepared for that. Well, I know Justin Fields has had hydration problems in the past, so let's make sure he's fully hydrated to, for that that's challenge. Uh, that, that's one. That's my immediate reaction to what you just said, Brad. I want to ask you about the other quarterback in this game. I mean, Baker Mayfield, uh, certainly uh, the, 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 the chronicles exist about where his NFL career has kind of come and gone, but certainly looked like a, a, a capable passer. And when you consider what Jordan Love did in just his second NFL start, the highest quarterback rating of any quarterback in in week one how concerned should the bears be and how are they going to find a way to generate some pressure so he's not just back there picking uh what looks to be a thin secondary apart yeah that's um that's a that's a huge question you know they've got so many questions on that defense and those players um i i, I truly believe a lot of those defensive players were were really shocked like they didn't think that would happen to them in week one, that they had uh, it felt like they had had a good camp. They had had some positive energy. They had a little swagger going, like to the point where there were some days up there in camp, it's like, you know, why is this swagger here? Just because obviously the unit hadn't played well last year, right? You're looking at it and you're saying, you got to maybe you got to do a little more in a regular season before you can have that much swagger. Baker Mayfield um, didn't start off particularly well in that game up in Minnesota last week, but he settled down. Uh, I I think the Bucks are going to try to get their running back Rashad White going because they really were not able to run the ball effectively against Minnesota. Uh, Baker uh, played, I believe turnover free football in that game, but the Bucks really didn't go, uh, downfield with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You, you go back and you look at that game, which was a 20 to 17 win for the Bucks. And I would point out that Minnesota had, you know, multiple opportunities <clears throat> on the plus side of the field to to change the outcome of that game, and the Vikes simply couldn't get it done. But uh, Mayfield had two explosive passes, and those were the only explosive plays in the day for Tampa. There was a 28 yard touchdown pass to Mike Evans and a 16-yard completion of Chris Godwin. Explosive plays defined as a 15-yard pass or greater or a 10-plus-yard run. Uh, So you look at that and you say, okay, well, the Bears maybe should be able to handle this, but they've got to – the Bears have got to be better on first down. That's one of the key reasons why they were 
uh, horrendous on third down uh, against Green Bay. They've got to eliminate those, uh, they call them MAs, missed assignments or miscommunications where you saw saw guys running open, and it seemed like most of those occasions uh, happened on uh, third down, and they've got to find a way uh, to get to the quarterback. And, And I know everyone says blitz more. Uh, guys, they pressured with with five plus rushers on twenty percent of the snaps against the Packers. Like, so it's not like they didn't blitz. Uh, just whatever they did to get after Jordan Love was uh, was ineffective. The the Yannick Ngakwe sack, I think everyone would agree, was a was a coverage sack, guys. The segment with Brad Big, sponsored by S Wing Professional Tools, made in the USA for one hundred years. S Wing dot com. Okay, Brad, we heard from wide receivers coach Tyke Tolbert on Thursday, and he was asked about Chase Claypool. Sounded like he's being prepared to play. It sounded like you're not going to get a position coach necessarily to reveal what the plan is, but they sounded like it was business as usual. What do you expect in terms of his if he's going to be active, and what would you expect in terms of his performance? Yeah, I, I, I would imagine he's going to be active, and I think we we talked about that a little bit yesterday, David, and, and it's unfortunate that the team hasn't made Claypool available yet to speak for himself about last Sunday's game. That's kind of how you wind up dragging out a story um, when when you just sort of stick your head in the sand and pretend that, uh, that it's not there. But uh, I would imagine he will be active because, as I said, you know, did, do you take a guy that you traded what wound up being a very high draft pick, 32nd overall, and put him on the bench in week two? Like that, that to me is the, the nuclear option, even though seemingly there were way too many examples of Chase Claypool um, ignoring anything to do with the hits principle. Like, it, and can you, so you have this dilemma. If you're gonna, if you're a coach that's gonna base everything you do on the hits principle, what do you do when you have a guy that um, you know says, "I'm not gonna, you know, consider the hits principle in this game." I I don't know. I mean that that's why it's a tough spot. But I just I think the nuclear option is to put him on the bench. I don't think they want to uh, push that button uh, at this point, and instead they're trying to push the right buttons with Claypool and that's what Tyke Tolbert talked about you know your 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 goal is to get everyone to kind of do the same thing but but you got to you got to approach these guys a little bit differently everybody's got a, a little different button that you've got to push to get them going so i would imagine they've got the complete attention of Chase Claypool i could see his playing time diminished a little bit um not necessarily because of what happened last week but maybe as i talked about if they want to run the ball more, are we looking at uh, maybe more 12 personnel? Uh, they, it, it, Tolbert did say that um, you know one thing he regretted was not getting a little more playing time for Tyler Scott, who I believe had 13 snaps in the football game. Uh, so if Tyler Scott's going to be out there, maybe uh, for you know 20-ish snaps, maybe he's pulling most of those away from Claypool as well. But I would whatever Claypool's best effort is i would expect they get it sunday uh how good it is uh how involved in it he is we'll have to see i'm just curious brad because you know dealing with the coaches the players uh in the open locker room the last couple of days 
do you get a sense of whether you want to call it desperation or confidence that there can be a bounce back? What is the sense that you're getting from these players? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Like, like I said a, a minute ago, like I think the defensive players, especially, were th- those guys were stunned, right? And um, you know, I, I wouldn't say desperation. I don't think it's even close to that. Yeah, Eddie Eddie Jackson talked yesterday, and I thought he said some pretty pretty good s- stuff. Um, he said, you, you know, that it was. If it's going to happen, better to get that, you know, early in the season. And he said, he, you know, he understands people are going to write the Bears off, that they're used to it, uh, that people will say, you know, it's the same old Bears. Um, it, but he, he said they're not listening to the outside noise. They uh, And they believe in what they have here. And, they, they, hey, week one wasn't us at all. So this is an opportunity for the Bears to come out and, and prove that week one was, uh, although it looked an awful lot like the 2022 Bears, was was not who this team is. And, and we'll see. I mean, it, it's a this is a big game, as we said at the beginning of the week. You know, when you're staring down a trip to Arrowhead in week three, the Bears currently an 11.5-point underdog for that game. Mm. Um, you you better do everything you can uh, to get right against the Buccaneers or it's going to be a uh, very slow start to the season. That's why they have to find that sense of urgency. That's why they have to play with desperation. That's why I think they will uh, find it. But I'm not confident, Brad. I guess how do you see this unfolding and what is your pick for Sunday? Yeah, I at the beginning of the week I was sitting there and I'm like, this is a you know, this is a bounce back spot for the Bears, right? This is a Tampa Bay team that, uh, as I said, the the Vikings had, I think it was like four opportunities on the plus side of the field to to win that football game against Tampa and and didn't get it done. So, and you look at what Tampa did, and it, it's not overwhelming, and it's Baker Mayfield, and you know, it just it just screams like that they, they bears can get right here, that this is an opportunity for them uh, to do that. I don't believe the bears are as bad as they looked certainly in the second half last week against green Bay. And then I'm like, well, what has this group done to prove to you that they can bounce? Like they didn't bounce back from anything last season, right? They dropped 10 in a row. So I've almost, uh, I think I've arrived at the – you're going to have to show me uh, before I believe it. Uh, I, I do think that the Bears will or should go in there and try to lean into the running game, which they'll have to avoid. And Getsy talked about this a little bit yesterday. Those plus one, no gain, and negative runs on first and ten. Remember I said Monday that seven of their 14 first and ten runs – uh, were a disaster, best-case scenario, and those seven was, was a one-yard gain. I do think they're going to lean on that. I think the Bucks are going to win this game, guys, 23-17. to 17. Wow. 0-2 then, staring at 0-3, going into Arrowhead. Brad, you lose three straight games to start a, a season. That is a, that's, that's, that's a path to nowhere. 
Yeah, I mean, what what was it? You know, Joe Gibbs had a saying that if you lost two games in a row, it was, it was something really bad. The Hall of Fame uh, former Redskins coach. So, I, I, uh, yeah, if they drop if they drop three in a row, forget about the streak tying it to last year and all that. It's just you're you're behind. You're behind in the division. I just, I, I don't. Why do you believe that they're going to bounce back? Be, besides, Ur- urgency, you want to see them bounce back. Yeah, that's it's, that, it's self fulfilling prophecy, Brad. That's why he believes. That's why he believes. Brad, Brad are you? Yeah. Well, you're, I, you're quoting Joe Gibbs. What's next? Joe Theismann, Dexter Manley. Hey, you're you're talking about you're talking about them losing multiple games in a row. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I, 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 I'm looking for a path to victory for them. It's but, hard to um, see. It's a very I, narrow I path. It. It, it's hard. It's yeah, hard to it, find. It, it it really is. But again, I think I think yeah, the ton of talk on fields as there should be, ton of analysis as there should be. Everybody gets that. I don't see a compelling reason why they should do anything other than attempt to go down there and and run the heck out of the football. If, if Fields is throwing the ball thirty seven times again, that's probably not a a good sign for them. That probably means they're they've spent way too much of the game in chase mode. If Fields can go down there and have twenty five attempts, uh, then uh, I think some of those statistical categories uh, like the team's performance on third down and time of possession and all those things will probably look a lot better. Great stuff, Brad. Have a safe trip. We'll talk to you Monday. Have a great weekend, guys.